Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Welcome, maximizers, as we learn to maximize your wealth, your success, your persuasion, your influence, your leadership, your negotiation, your self-persuasion. This is Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. This is Podcast 224, as we teach the vital success skills to get others to want to do what you want them to do and like doing it. So this next couple of weeks, I'm doing a California swing, both in Northern and Southern California, and get to do something a little bit interesting. I get to do a three-day seminar in one day. <laughs> I'm not sure how to do that. I got to figure that one out, but they want all the information one day. Of course, you can't do that. You got to do some highlights. You got to pick and choose, but we're going to have some fun, teach some government agencies, teach some local financial planners, and just take their income to the next level. It's always a lot of fun to get people to say, you know, why didn't I learn this in school? I don't know if that's necessarily fun. We should have learned these things in school. That's kind of my passion. We've got to learn these soft skills in school. So go out there and make that happen. Again, podcast 224. We're going to focus on major sales and persuasion mistakes costing you money. We're going to take a deep dive into some of the latest research. Remember, everything we talk about is based on research. And so we're going to do kind of a blunder and article all at the same time. In fact, we're going to call this a double homework because we're going to focus the whole show on blunders. Homer, go. Don't, 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 don't. So this is courtesy of saleshacker.com and gong.io. They've put some incredible data together. In fact, they've analyzed over 1 million business-to-business -business sales called recordings. Transcribed, analyzed. They went through the statistics. They look at the patterns of success, the patterns of failure. And they came up with, count them, 13 things that blow the deal, that hurt your persuasion, that cause you not to sell. Because I've always asked people, how much does the inability to sell, the inability to persuade cost you? You know what the average is? Out of 10,000 responses, the average, you're sitting down, $4.3 million. Because the two things I've learned over the last 20 years of studying persuasion influence is that when you need to persuade somebody, it's too late to learn. Number one, and you can't have a three, sell a nine. Meaning if they're going to persuade someone that has the skills and they don't have them and they're cheesy and they're high lactose and they're old skill, they don't work like the ones that we're talking about, they don't work, especially to those who know how to persuade and influence. So I'm going to go through these and go through the numbers and add my own two cents as far as ways to improve yourself. Now, the big thing here is to ask yourself, am I doing these things? Am I guilty? And the answer is yes. Maybe not all of them, but some of them for sure. If you get through this whole podcast and think, oh, I'm good, I don't do anything of those, uh, yeah, we need to talk because you do, you're in denial, you don't know, people are lying to you. Remember, part of my research is I get to interview people after they've lied to you, and they do. So, let's get into it. They found through these million sales calls that if you're talking more than 46% of the time, that means listening for 54%, by the way, that hurts your ability to sell. In fact, they found that the poor performing reps 
we're talking at 68% of the time. We call that vomit here on the show. Why vomit on people? Did you catch that? You're listening most of the time. Don't vomit on people. Don't be a salesperson. Be a consultant. A consultant listens, asks questions, lead them down the path to persuade them. And when you truly listen, they'll tell you everything you need to know to persuade them anyway. Just like a doctor, a medical doctor does more listening than talking. And that's true for a lot of professions. When they want your business, they got to get to know you. So top reps were listening 54% of the time. Average reps were listening 32% of the time. And bottom reps were listening 28% of the time. All right, we've talked about that. You know what, fix it. Number two is discussing price too soon. Top performing reps did not get into the investment, did not get into the price till between 38 and 46 minutes on a one-hour call. Their counterparts who were losing sales were doing it within 15 minutes. You can't talk price until you establish the value. Because we know when you hear it's too expensive, can't afford it, it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's a lie 67% of the time. Or you've blown your presentation. You haven't built the value. What if they ask? What if they do? You can pull a Brian Tracy. This is what he taught me. When someone asks about price, he says, that's the great thing. If it's not a good fit, if it doesn't solve your needs, it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> you could always follow up. I have no idea. Let me ask you questions and find out which product, which service fits your needs, and I'll let you know. I can't let you know up front. Now, if they're persistent, you can give them a range. But you also need to let them know that it's not going to cost you anything. This is going to make you 400% on your investment. There is no cost. You've got to package it in the right way. It's just a knee-jerk reaction when people are in a hurry thinking about cost. And it can really hurt your ability to close the deal. Now, we've talked about this one on the show. Number three, discussing features and technology instead of business value. You don't tell them how something works. Tell them about the results you're going to get. Spend more time on the value. The successful reps spend 52% more time talking about their business value compared to the poor performers. The value, not the feature, the benefit. Now, if you're not sure what that means, just think which means. The famous sales example, if you haven't heard, it's the drill. Oh, the drill. Let's talk about the size of the motor and the plastic casing and the on-off switch and the light that it has and the automatic. No, no, no. They wanted to drill a hole. They don't care what's in the computer. They want it to solve a problem. They don't care that a car has 450 horsepower. That's a feature. What is the benefit of that? We spend too much time assuming that when we vomit the feature that the prospect will assign a benefit to it, and that is not always the case. It works sometimes. That's why we still do it. We've heard this our whole life. Sell the sizzle, not the steak. Sell the feature, not the benefit. But very few persuaders really get what this means. Because in their mind, the feature automatically has a benefit, but a lot of people can't realize what that is. Let me give you an example. I was doing secret shopping at a Cadillac dealership. That's one of the fun things I get to do. And of course, the rep's all, what do I got to do to get you in a car today? I'm like, okay, really, buddy? I mean, you wanted to see the worst persuaders in the world go to a car dealership. Now, hold on, wait a minute. For those that are in car sales, some of the best persuaders in the world, I think you have nothing in the middle. You either have the worst or the best, depending on management in the car dealership. And the worst tend to use the very old school tactics. And so I'm like, okay. He's like, oh, what do you want to look at? I'm like, well, let's look at the Escalades. I'm an SUV guy. And he's like, all right. And he grabs a key fob and we walk out. And 
hits a button on the key fob, and he says, you can start the car from 100 feet away. Who cares? I can turn the key. He's vomiting on me. That's a feature, which means, man, if it's cold outside, I can preheat the car. Or if it's hot outside, I can cool down the car. He just assumes I'm going to sign a benefit to it. Hits another key on the key fob, and the back tailgate lifts up all by itself. Cool, but, you know, really, I can lift up the back tailgate. It's not that hard, which means carrying groceries, carrying kids, getting it to automatically open. There's some benefits there that he was assuming I would assign to it. You know, we sit in the car, and he's talking about all the buttons and features. Okay, vomit, vomit. And he says, it has air-conditioned seats, which I don't know about you. They freak me out more than anything, having an air blow through my pants. Not my favorite thing, but okay, whatever. And then he started pushing the heated seats. Now, I'm always hot. I don't need heated seats. I don't think I'll ever use them. Now, if it was 10 degrees outside, I probably would. He's just hoping that it'll stick. He didn't tell me the benefits. What could be the benefits of that? My spouse? Absolutely. My wife loves heated seats. No matter what the temperature is, she likes to be warm. Or even better, all he had to tell me is when your teenager is sitting in the front with you and it's the summertime, just reach over when they're not looking and hit the heated seat. And after about three or four minutes, watch them start to squirm until they realize what it is. That's awesome. It's fun. I do it all the time. Try it at home. <laughs> okay. And that's great. That's that's an incredible benefit for me. Done and done. I'll buy the car just for the practical joke. <laughs> but he didn't do that. Then he's like, it has satellite radio, 150 stations. I'm like, okay. Now, here's the challenge with this. The biggest challenge more than anything. When you vomit on people and you give them the 17 reasons, you give them reasons not to do that. Now, with his vomit, he just gave me an objection. I'm thinking... I'm not going to listen to this. I'm a personal development guy. I'm listening to books on audio. I'm listening to podcasts like this one, right? Tell your friends, of course, and everything's posted at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. There's my plug. And I'm thinking, how do I cancel? Is it always on? Do they ding my credit card? I don't want it. I'm never going to use it. Why did they put it in there? Does it cost me extra? So now all of a sudden, I've taken a side street because of his vomit. And you got to be careful. I'm pretty sure you're doing that too. Don't do that. In this process, he's like, okay, it has a camera when you back up. Now, okay, feature. Even with a camera, most of the time, I'm looking over my shoulder. <laughs> it's just a habit. I'm like, okay, whatever. Don't need that. The benefit, SUV, children backing up, safety, not running over the neighbor's kids. I mean, there's a lot of benefit to that. And he just assumed I would think about it. So this one's a huge one. I've talked about it before, but really be careful. When you can listen... Like we've talked about, ask the right questions. They'll tell you everything you know to persuade them. Or you can do the old style vomit, high lactose, cheesy approach and just vomit at them and hope something sticks and eventually will and you can sell something, right? Don't encourage that, but I guess it's possible. All right, number four, 13 sales killing words. So if you ever use, we provide, it's on the roadmap in a sales call, they tend to kill sales. Stop using them. They found out the word discount can decrease your chance by sales by 17%. Or saying absolutely or perfect more than four times on a call drops your chances of a sale by 16%. Isn't that amazing? Now, I've talked about verbal packaging on the show, the difference between contract and agreement and a sign here and autograph this and 
the difference between price and investment. And that's important. They're picking up words that have a high cheese factor. We hear discount too much. Roadmaps on the cheese list. I think absolutely imperfect on the list because you're just agreeing too much. You're just trying to get the sale versus really trying to solve their needs. A couple others have added to the list is free trial. Wow. Why? Because I think we've had enough free trials in our life where it's hard to cancel. You have to return it. You got to find a box. What do you do? Especially infomercials where they have boxes that disintegrate when you open them because they make it harder to send it back because a lot of people don't. And it's interesting payments in that category too. No one likes a payment. They want an investment. So every word will attract or repel people. We've talked about that on the show. In fact, if you want more information on verbal packaging, go to podcast 21. It goes through the science and the words you should and should not use. Of course, that's on InfluenceUniversity.com, where you can get a free membership, get the archives, and you can see our advanced program, the 52-week PhD Persuasion Program. Let me add one more thing to this. This one's interesting. I haven't seen this one on the radar before. That if you mention your company's name six times or more, it drops your chances of success by 19%. That's probably the same categories using their name too many times. It's good to a point, but then after a while, hide cheese too much, you're trying too hard. So Professor Langer at Harvard University studies these word and word choices, and it's interesting. She had three groups of people that she showed this video to of these cars crashing into each other. In the first group, she showed the video and said, how fast are the cars going when they contacted each other? The second group, how fast were they going when they hit each other? And the third group was, how fast were they going when they contacted each other. They estimated the speed. And remember, they all saw the same video. There was a 10-mile-an-hour difference between smashed and contacted. She showed you a picture of a basketball player and said, how tall is he versus how short is he? There's a 12-inch difference in estimation. So remember, as you craft your presentation, you listen to your words and listen to the recordings of your presentation, which you need to do to be a professional, to get better, every word you use is attracting or repelling people. Number five is mirroring your buyers. Now, if this is not over the phone, we've talked about mirroring matching. When it's done wrong and it come across as cheesy or needy or unattractive or weird or basically will freak them out. But their data shows that sales reps, especially over the phone, that begin to sync their speech patterns two to three minutes in the call. That includes their rate of speech, their frequency, and their pauses. Now, we know that increases sales, but they found something really astounding that's interesting. Poor reps don't mirror at all. Average reps mirror their buyers, but they found that advanced buyers, successful people, get the buyers to mirror them. So be calm, positive, connect, and once you connect, you can slowly have them mirror you. That's the power. That's advanced persuasion right there. That takes a lot more effort. Now, we know mirror and matching works. It's also called isopraxism if you're interested. College professor did studies on this. You'd go to different restaurants and choose someone 10 feet away and mirror them. You know, take a bite at the same time, wipe their face at the same time, take a drink at the same time, and ultimately the person would come over and said, do I know you? You seem very familiar to me. It works when it's done right. Such as their nonverbals. It could be word choice. It could be energy, especially as we're talking about being over the phone. Now, remember what I said. Poor, don't mirror at all. Average, start to mirror. But as you get into the sales process, you want to get them to start mirroring you. So the way this works is you want to mirror them. If you're going to a situation where they're talking slow, low energy, Monday morning, and they're very negative, 
you could start off by mirroring their energy with the, and using the same rate and the same long pauses if that's what they're doing, maybe a few negative words, but slowly start speeding up. But as you connect and build rapport and use your charisma, start speeding up, using more positive words, shorter pauses. You're going to start seeing them mirroring you. And when that happens, that's when persuasion becomes very, very easy. Final one for today. Looks like we're running out of time to cap our time on the show. We'll have to finish it up next week on our podcast here at Maximize Your Influence. We're about halfway through here. Number six is interesting, leaving too little time to discuss the next steps. Hmm. So they found that winning sales reps, persuaders, devote 13% more time at the end of their demonstration to discuss next steps. Where do we go from here? The poor reps are too concerned about the presentation, presentation versus no. The next step is one of the most important things. That's the close. What do we want to do next? That's the time they use to confirm how they're going to move forward, where they're getting buy-in, what do we need to do, and it makes perfect sense in their mind. If you rush next steps, they might not get the next steps. They might not understand the next steps. 13% more time. So you've got to leave time for the close, that call to action, the next steps, where we're going from here, so you don't rush it. Because if you tell them it's a 60-minute presentation and you take 55 minutes to do that presentation and it was wonderful and it was exciting and they laughed, but you don't leave enough time to do what's most important, make the sale or the next steps, where do we go from here, what's the next piece of the negotiation, then it can really damage your ability to persuade and influence. I've seen too many people rush the close, rush their ending, running out of time because they spent too much time on the content. So you have to plan it out ahead of time. This is where you create the game plan. It's not going to surprise them that you ask them to do something. Well, let me back up. If it does surprise them, you've blown your presentation. When you get to the end and you ask them to do something, you let them know the next steps and they're surprised, you've missed something in the presentation. You're persuading the whole time. This is where you get the buy-in. This is where you do the Q&A. This is where you have to really prepare. I'd spend more time preparing on the Q&A and potential questions and things that could happen and steering in the right direction than anything else. In fact, here's the secret for those that have listened to persuasive presentations. That can be found on lawsofpersuasion.com. You know that you prepare the conclusion first. You prepare the ending first. When you're creating a persuasive presentation, you don't deliver it first. You prepare it first because your whole presentation is pointing to what you want them to do. Your game plan, your buy-in, that is the key. And so once you've done that, everything else is much easier because you know exactly what you want them to do. And when you get there, it does not surprise them. So choose one of those today. We'll have to get to the other half next week. Which one do you need to work on? Which one is costing you money? That's how you get better. We all have different strengths and weaknesses, and that's okay. The key is identify your strengths. Good for you. Pat yourself on the back. Take your 10 seconds. Then identify, okay, what's cost me money? What do I need to improve on? What do I need to change? So appreciate your time today. Thanks for your kind words and your emails. I'm at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at Maximize Your Influence with comments, feedbacks, or what you want to hear on the show. We're on iTunes, Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube at Maximize Your Influence. Take the content today. Pick one, change it, adjust it, fix it, become a better persuader. 
make more money and go out and persuade with power. 